I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where we cover every single episode of the TV show The Winchesters because we ran out of other supernatural content to cover. And that's right, everybody. If you if you have uh, not been following us over at our other podcast, Still His Kingdom Keeps, you have not heard that uh, we finished Merlin and decided to finish The Winchesters before launching the next new thing. So uh, we're excited to get back into talking about all of these young, young teen Winchesters. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great. It's good to be back in the Monster of the Week saddle. How I'm, are you doing? I'm glad that we have a different room for this than we do for Still as Kingdom Keeps. It keeps it fresh. It's, you know, you know? It, is, it, is, it was tough switching, you know, building out a whole new room of the house for Still as Kingdom Keeps. I'm happy to be back in the other room. Uh-huh. It's a lot dustier than it used to be, but I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, it's been a while, so uh, people may not remember that we have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash monster of the week that they can use to directly support the show, get access to our Discord server, and get early access to these episodes. Um, in the meantime, Chris, I have been waiting almost six months to talk to you about something. What's up? Uh, back in December, my wife bought me, or bought us, I should say, a Supernatural-themed advent calendar. Um, every day you would open it up, open up a little parcel and maybe there was like some cool merch or a pin or there was all kinds of some magnets, some, some Christmas tree decorations, that kind of stuff. A notepad with the, with the, like, you know, just neat stuff. Um, and unfortunately like the last couple of ones were, were, were pretty lame. Uh, but included in one of those, and I don't remember the date is the mini pop quiz trivia booklet. Oh, and I have been waiting for us to return to monster of the week since Christmas <laughs> so that I could, I could quiz you on your supernatural knowledge. Uh, okay. And I thought this would be the perfect time. And folks, you can feel free to skip ahead if you're just looking for the Winchester content, but I guarantee you, you're going to laugh when I start reading some of these questions. All right. <laughs> uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> this is so amazing because you'll, you'll just, you'll see. Okay. <clears throat> Question number one. What is Crowley's most common nickname for Sam? Uh, Moose. Correct. What is the name of Sam and Dean's father? John Winchester. What does Dean affectionately call his car? Baby. How old is Dean when he reconnects Sam in, in the pilot episode? Uh, He's 26. It's correct. Number five, which angel saves Dean from hell, then becomes the Winchester's friend and companion on many hunts? Castiel. You are correct. Are you ready for round two, Chris? <laughs> oh, that was, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm doing good. Yeah, you're doing, you're five for five so far. Points on the board. Let's do this. <laughs> Number six, what team name does Dean come up with for Sam, Castiel, and himself? Team Free Will. Team Free Will. That is correct. Number seven, what girlfriend of Sam's is killed when Sam initially reunites with Dean? Bummer, Jessica. <laughs> what is Mary Winchester's maiden name? Campbell. Who is Sam and Dean's half brother? Uh, 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 oh my God, Adam. Jeez. Uh, do you think you can pull the last name if I really Adam you... Mulligan? <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely or done. Or Milligan? Is it? Is it Mul- yeah. Mulligan, we called whatever. it Mulligan the entire time. I think, but his yeah, name is Milligan. Milligan. Uh, number ten. Which mechanic becomes a hunter after his wife is possessed and he has to kill her? Bobby. Bobby Singer. 10 for 10, Chris. Are you ready? Are you ready for round three? Let's do it. (laughs) Who was the first demon Lucifer created? Lilith? Correct. About how many possible seals to Lucifer's cage does Anna Milton say there could be? 
Uh, well, they have to break 66 of them. Yes, but I how many... I don't think that's the answer, though. How many possible seals are there? Uh, uh, 600. That is correct. Oh! Who, before meeting the Winchesters, possesses the ancient demon-killing knife of the Kurds? Bella. Wrong. Think again. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The ancient... Okay, before meeting the Winchesters... Who possesses the ancient demon-killing knife? So it, it is... It, are we speaking of Bella's knife? No, it's the demon-killing knife. Isn't that the demon-killing knife? <laughs> so you got this one is wrong. Is it Kane? Are we talking about Kane's knife? The, the correct answer is Ruby. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, you, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Bella? Bella is the chick from season three. Uh, okay, Ruby. The thief chick, yeah. Yes, I was picturing the two women from season three. Damn yeah. it, I got one wrong. Okay, all right. So, uh, number 14. When Sam and Dean visit a reality show where their lives are a TV show called Supernatural, what TV show pilot has the real creator of Supernatural gone off to make? We're talking about... Mm, the, it's not the boys. Oh, no, no. This is what what TV show in the show do they say Eric Kripke is going to make? If you, oh, get, the, if you oh. get this one, I will give you a million dollars right now. Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What is it? It is Octocobra. Octocobra. <laughs> of course. Okay. How could we forget? Number 15. What angelic- I'm glad that I got that one wrong. Otherwise, I would have been really mad about the Ruby thing. <laughs> what angelic weapon can inflict any of the 10 Egyptian plagues on people? I don't remember. That's, it's a fucking staff, right? It is a staff. That's correct. I'll give you partial credit for the, for getting almost getting the staff of Moses. Uh, I was gonna say Joshua's. Staff. Can you can you just imagine? Can you see how the these are just the such escalation? A, is the escalation so is intense, dude. I was like, uh, go ahead. I should have known the Ruby one. That's like that's a gimmick. But but they also called it the knife of the Kurds or whatever. I, like, I've literally it. never heard it called like the ancient bl- demon killing yeah, blade yeah. of the Kurds. Like I don't know that they ever. Even I can't said believe I said that. Bella. She's in one season. <laughs> you know, it's because I just saw the commercial for that new Walking Dead spinoff and that. And she's in that. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, number sixteen. Are you ready to keep going? Do you want round four? No, let's yeah, let's keep rolling. Okay. I've only I've only got two wrong right or three wrong. You've gotten three wrong and you've gotten okay, twelve okay. right. I can take that. You know, Sam turns out to be whose true vessel. Lucifer's. What bar owned by mother daughter team Ellen and Joe do many hunters frequent until it's destroyed? Is it Harvell's bar? Mm. Is it just called that, or, did, or the Roadhouse? There, so you would say it was called Harvell's. Uh huh. Roadhouse. There you go. Wow. Uh, who she is? Who is revealed to be the prophet when the word of God is uncovered? Uh, Chuck. Incorrect. Who's the prophet? Kevin Tran. Oh, <laughs> Kevin! Four wrong. Love you guys. <laughs> what is the name of Dick Roman's record-breaking series of motivational seminars? Oh, man. It's something Dick, right? It's got how Dick is, in the like, name. How is this even like a fucking question? Who remembers this? <laughs> I don't know. It's something it's called, Dick, I think. It's called Win in Rome. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Who gets possessed by the head of the escaped Leviathans? Dick Roman. That's correct. I don't know why. <laughs> Thanks for that one. Yeah. Uh, five wrong. Fifteen right. Are you ready okay. for round five? There's six rounds, by the way. If Let's you, do for, it. For those at home. Round five. Which Winchester bears the mark of Cain for a time? Uh, Dean Winchester. That's correct. Uh, who becomes Chuck Shirley's biggest fan and writes fan fiction about the Winchesters? Um, Becky. 
That's correct. Uh, what is the only thing that can kill Eve? Isn't they only throw in a fucking volcano or something? That's that's not far, but you. Is it? Does it? Do they have to throw in the? Yeah, I don't know. Throw it up the into a volcano. That's all I got. Phoenix ashes. Ah. Oh yeah, they go back in time for that. Yeah. So that's six wrong so far. Not bad. Uh, all right, all right, I'll take it. Charlie at one point serves as queen of which LARP kingdom? <laughs> I don't know. I don't M- remember. <laughs> Moondor. Ah, uh, that's a good LARP kingdom. That's, that's a good name. LARP kingdom. Uh, that's seven. Uh, what restaurant chain? That excuse me. What re- restaurant chain that the Winchesters often frequent offers a pepper jack to duck and slammer? Oh God. Uh, this shit. This. Like the, it's like the. Um, Any supernatural fan should be able to get this right away, Chris. If you're if you don't get this, you're not like a supernatural fan. Or it is Biggerson's. Congratulations. Round six. Are you ready? I'm sweating, for the dude. I've watched Supernatural so long. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for so long to do this to you. Uh, what is the name of the Supreme Council of Witches? Um, I don't know. Yeah, who who the fuck the, the knows? coven? I don't know. It's called the Grand Coven. I'm gonna mark that one as wrong. Uh, that's eight. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. What is contained within the Werther box, and what can it do? Dude, huh? <laughs> is that the box that makes Sam get like sexy seduced by Rowena? I don't. Maybe I don't remember. Yes, so, it is okay. actually. Yes, wait. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So what can it do? It can make you. I mean, it makes you like kill yourself. Um, the correct answer is it's, it's what's inside it is Nadia's codex and Nadia's codex allows you to translate complicated spells. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, it makes makes Sam have like a sexy little suicide. I I love, I love that we started this with who is Sam and Dean's dad. (laughs) And now we're at this. This is, this is escalation. Uh, whose blood. Weeding out the the losers here. (laughs) Number 28. Whose blood does the Werther box require to open? I mean, Sam Winchester's apparently. It, Sam Winchester is one of the group of people, but it, there's um, a group of people that we're looking for. A group of people is it? I mean, it can't just be a Winchester. It's got to be something special, right? Um, well, he's got a little Lucifer in him. What's the group of people? I don't know. Uh, oh, maybe one of Yellow Eyes' children. That's all I got. Men of Letters. <laughs> Number twenty-nine. Which demon does Ruby call the Grand Inquisitor? Alistair. Ding, ding. Got that one right. Finally, number 30. What weapons do angels use that can kill demons and other angels? angels. The angel blade? The angel blade is correct. How do wow, you go there's... from Nadia's Codex to angel blade? That's the most... They give it to you practically in the name. I can finally take this off of my desk. It's been on my desk for wow. six months. What was, it? what was my final total? Uh, I lost count towards the end. I think you got. Okay, that's I think, fine. I think I did okay. I, I think you got, got B. Right? Ten. Do you think you got ten out of thirty wrong? So that's uh, that's not bad. You that's, know. I I can live with that. That's about my high school average. <laughs> yeah, you got about <laughs> any a third subject. Of uh, thank you everybody for bearing with us while we did that. I thought it would be a lot of fun, and I was right. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. That was a good refresher. Trip down memory lane. Do you remember? Just a bonus question, real quick. Do you remember mm. the year of uh, that the uh, Winch- the Dean Winchester's Impala was built? Oh, 1969, of course. Of course, of thank course. you. As ding, it's ding. well known amongst Excellent. the fandom that it is, may say, 67, and I say 
Do it's your research. 19, it's do, 1969 do, do, your research. <laughs> do your research. Do your research. Everybody, we are covering... Actually, Chris, did you write a road so far for this? Uh, yeah, kind of. I said okay. last time on the Winchesters, struggling veteran... I did kind of an overview because I couldn't really remember. Struggling veteran John Winchester has teamed up with a group of hunters, Mary, Carlos, Lata, and Ada, as the team investigates the growing threat of the mysterious Akrita. The group has chased down one lead after another in their hometown of Lawrence, Kansas, all the while navigating the complications of the hunter life, working through interpersonal issues, searching for Mary's missing father, hey, and maybe even falling along, uh, falling in love along the way. Uh, we are talking about The Winchester, Season 1, Episode 5, Legend of a Mind. This was directed by Lisa Soper and written by Sahaj Sati and aired on November 15th, 2022, right around our birthdays. Wow. When Mary's next door neighbor mysteriously goes missing, she and John... St- Wait, hold on. That's not right. That's last episode. Uh-oh. <laughs> what did I... That's when they're when you go into the mine prison. Oh, that explains why uh, all of my actor stuff didn't match up. I was like, who plays this other person? Why aren't they... Why isn't, why isn't Tony <laughs> mentioned in my... Let me go get the... Oh, God damn it. This one's got Jin's. This one's got gins. I must have just copied. I trained autocorrect well. They was not fighting me at all on gin, and I, that's real. That's, that's real truth. <laughs> that's how you know you're a supernatural fan. Not some dumb yeah. trivia contest. Uh, <laughs> wiki. Do-do-do-do-do. We're gonna go to the super wiki, uh, which is the yeah. cool supernatural wiki We're not banned from that one, right? We're not banned for that one. That is the cool one. <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry. We wait. Oh, the wiki has the wrong description. Well, 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 well. well. <laughs> Unbelievable. I now I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, on this episode, they got gins in people's brains. Uh huh. Maybe it's not gins. Maybe it's Akrita. Yeah. Got, Ada's got to deal with her son. Yeah. She's got a got a son. She's got a son Spoilers. now. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh huh. Mary and John. They're going to keep flirting, but neither of them is aware that they're flirting. (laughs) They're both really bad at it. Uh, They're both really, really bad at it. Uh, So let's start off. Our cold open starts off with a bunch of uh, bad techno music as a businessman runs through an abandoned office and the camera goes all Welcome to my sick and twisted mind. This is... Oh, such thirteen-year-old goth business yeah. right here. This is this is my sick and twisted mind. This uh, it's all black and white. The corners of the image are moving around, stretching the image. That's how you know things are wacky when the image gets stretched. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. As he walks back into his office, the color fades back in, and he's approached by his aide, who walks in like nothing is going wrong. Uh, and then there's a knock at the door behind him, and he opens that to find just an empty hallway. And then he turns around, and the aide is gone. <gasps> dun, 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 and then yeah, he, she had to go to the bathroom. And then he like holds his hands out on the desk, and is like, you could tell, just like, God, why? You could tell he's he's in his sick and twisted mind. Right <laughs> why now. do you send your most sick and twisted visions before me? Dude. Why am I your strongest soldier? Uh, <laughs> God sends his most sick and twisted battles <laughs> to his most sick and twisted soldiers. Okay, um, but no, he hears this. He has a monster growling, um, and he wakes Damn. up. <clears throat> it was all a dream, Chris. Yeah, again, the results of a sick and twisted mind. Of course, uh, it was yeah. all a dream. And yet, it still got him. It still got him outside the the dream. His brain starts braining out. Uh-huh. His assistant comes in yet again, sees him, you know, sees his brain being all sick and twisted. Um, and boom, there's our cold open. We get a dead guy. 
and then we get our our intro and it's right into our dean winchester uh yeah. kind of color does a little bit of narration there comes a time we got to let that pain out if you don't it'll yeah. eat you alive uh yeah. I've been saying this. I've been saying this for a while. Dean's kind of commentary. I don't really remember if we talked about it extensively in the last four episodes because that was a long time ago. And we were doing two podcasts a week, which means I don't I didn't remember anything. Um but this is Dean Dean's intro has kind of set the the theme for these episodes in a in a way. Um so this is gonna be all about like making sure that you you talk to people about the things that are going inside you and then telling people about your problems instead of just holding it all in. Which frankly is a very anti Dean Winchester thing. I don't know where he could have learned that from. He's able to, you know, he could say that now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, We should also mention, I'm curious, Chris, you have... we should mention this now because I think I forgot to. Uh, you haven't seen any of these episodes at this point, no, correct? No, first time viewing. Okay, and I have watched. Uh, I watched up until this episode, and then we stopped recording on it. Um, and then the series finished. The finale came out, and people were like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Well, let's do it." So one night, I loaded up. I did what every man does. That starts with you know six beers. I get I got six beers. Every, listen, most of my stories start with six beers. I got six beers, and I had a Twitter account open, and I just I watched I think four episodes in one night and two episodes this next night, uh, and just binged the entire thing. So I I know what happens, and I know how all of this works out, and I'm going to be very interested in hearing your predictions as we as we go through this. Yeah. We start with uh, John and Mary uh, working on uh, a motorcycle that John uh, says was his dad's. It was a gift from his mother to his dad, and his dad uh, was so happy about it that he left two weeks later, never to be returned. Uh, and we know what happened to John's dad, but John doesn't know what happened to John's dad, so that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- it doesn't even matter because this entire time Mary's not breaking eye contact with John, and even I was like feeling the heat. Yeah. Like, this is a lot, guys. This is a lot. To the point where I don't even think, because neither of them know they're flirting, um, to the point where John's like, well, um, I'm going to go get a tool in the other room. And then he goes and stands in front of his mother because he just needs to take a deep <laughs> breath. <laughs> he needs to take a deep breath. I mean, to be fair, oh. if either one of these people in real life were like staring you in the eye that, that intensely, you'd be like, ah, am I, am I special? Am, like, I, am, I, am I the chosen one? <laughs> what is happening? Did so- I forget to get dressed? Why? <laughs> You're so beautiful. Why are you looking at me so intensely? I don't yeah. understand. Um, there's also an extended fire. <laughs> there's also an extended bit where John tries to explain how to repair stuff to Mary, who kind of rolls with him for a little bit. And, oh and- yeah, that's this whole scene is just her pretending like she's like, oh yeah, uh huh, interesting. Okay. Yep, that's and then reveals. Yes, I absolutely like know how to do these yeah, things. Yeah. Um, I'm just messing with you, and it's it's furthering the mythos that hunters are not just skilled at um fighting at like the specific monsters that they have encountered in the past but they are basically savants at everything sure like yeah. a hunter has to know how to do every every single skill so you're basically a superhuman well and i mean let's let's be let's be clear every single skill that's not like technical or like or yeah. like like anything that could be associated with pansy behavior you know what i'm saying bobby that's can, right bobby that's can right. build a house but he's not going to hack your email you know what I'm, that's why that's why sam was always a little a little outlier when it comes to this that's right that's right it's you, you can't learn any hunter skills in a school they kind of look down their nose at school Ex- a little exactly bit. yeah and it, it was funny because it's like we sam and dean became these like these superhumans over time and they always they kind of already started out that way but it they felt unique. They felt like they're the Winchesters. They're these guys who can just do anything. And being away from Supernatural for so long and now coming back to this, you know, episode five of the Winchesters and just being like, yeah, um, 
I forgot that they just like hunters are like the Avengers. Like they all have super skills and just data. They know how to do everything. And maybe I'm saying this as a guy who doesn't know all this shit about motorcycles. Maybe I'm just <laughs> jealous. <laughs> um, where do we go from here? So, uh, John, John, ca- like, yeah, they like, kind of laugh it off, but it just seems like it's you know it's getting a little kind of hot under the collar. So he uh, goes to talk to his mom. That's what I always. Do. Well, he, he kind of awkwardly offers her a job, right? Because he's like, oh, if you know how to do oh, all this right, stuff, yeah. like once you finish hunting, like once we get f- done with the mission, then you could sh- come and work here. And she's like, yeah, uh, no, I'm just gonna leave Florence. I said about Florence for some reason, Lawrence. I'm gonna have to leave Lawrence. Like I, all this place has is like old memories. And John is like. Oh yeah, this is this is weird. I need to go talk to mommy. <laughs> so he just goes yeah. to his mom's mom? office, um, and mom is just like, "Hey, Mary and you seem to be getting along a lot." Uh, and John's like, oh, John, I, don't, "I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to deal with anything." Uh, you do a good John, job. Why are you so sweaty? <laughs> John, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. I didn't put the other on this morning. I don't know what's going on. Forgot that your uh, John Winchester voice inspired me to inspire. It. <laughs> it just turns into Nixon after a while. Oh, oh, I don't know what to do about Mary. I'm sorry, Mom. She's like, you got that same look in your eyes that I saw when you were talking to Betty. Now, Betty is his ex-fiance, I guess. They met up again. She's a cop. Um, they met up again. And, and what did they kind of come? They came to this, like mutual understanding with one another. Like, hey, we were like high school sweethearts, but maybe we really weren't meant to be together. It seems like they are at a good spot, John and Betty. There yeah. was she, Betty was kept like a, like a secret in the background for a little while. But the fact that john's mom is picking up on this kind of like energy around him like hey you know you were like this with the last girl you're like too i i can tell um and you're really fucking sweaty that's another dead giveaway (laughs) dead giveaway it is a crisp 64 degrees out today (laughs) why is your shirt wet what did you do did you fall into some water again i got a cardigan on did you just fall what's going on with you uh fortunately for john's sweaty bod uh mary arrives and they have a new case which of course is the cold open and we go right back to did we did we pick a name for this i I called it the stew in my in my notes for this episode i I hope we're not breaking can monster of the week canon what did i call it let's see uh uh, they, yeah, I just, uh, I just called it headquarters. Yeah, so, they just go back to headquarters. So this is, this is, this, they're back at the stew, short for studio. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, our friends Carlos and Lata are there along with Ada. Uh, and very quickly, they kind of take sides. So Carlos and Lata both want to kind of ignore this and focus on the Akrita. John and Mary point out like it's the Akrita that's luring weird monsters here. If we follow the trail of weird monsters, we'll get to the Akrita. And Ada decides to go with uh, John and Mary. So the gang fucking puts on their best 70s political outfit including uh-huh. a short sleeve turtleneck on yeah. john winchester yeah. a short sl- i'm gonna short repeat sleeve that turtleneck. short sleeve turtleneck dark blue all the way up to the ears i, I could never he? in a million who years pull. He? i could never in a million years pull this off i can't imagine no. the person who could pull this off no, besides I, drake I roger no oh, no i don't even have like the house for this like i don't even think the no. shirt is allowed to come in, into, into it has like a restraining order on me it's just but hey he's doing it he's out here uh, and of course, they're pretending to be fans Dude, of. And this is my least favorite thing about doing a podcast is when I'm like, I'm taking all the details about names and like, well, we got this political campaign. It doesn't matter, and I should know better than it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was. They're pretending to be fans of Gordon, right? Yeah. This yeah, is Gordon, yeah. the the politician from the cold Gordon open. Gordon stands, yeah. Um, and we 
and all we really find out here is that like oh he was super weird for the last month or so like he was having nightmares he was super angry and he was kind of <sighs> sick and twisted kind of like maybe a little like sick have you guys have you guys ever been like I'm trying to think of a good 70s right have you guys ever listened to black sabbath you know what i'm saying like have you ever listened to like like dark side of the moon <laughs> oh so welcome to my sick and twisted mind says carlos and I'm like yes exactly. <laughs> yes exactly carlos you're right uh having gotten this information uh mary immediately thinks it's a jinn uh and they have to do a quick like lore explanation because john has never heard of jinns uh mm-hmm. carlos kind of sums this up pretty per- pretty perfectly with brain vampire i like that a lot yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, and it's time to check out warehouses. Carlos is wearing uh, huge heeled boots, which I really appreciate. He's he's mm-hmm. in full like uh, '70s, just brilliant regalia. I, I love all of his looks. So yeah, he's he stays stunting as they uh, as as they say. Uh, and it's you know they've been through a bunch of warehouses. He turns this abandoned warehouse into a red carpet. Exactly. Uh, they go into this one. John, Carlos, and Mary. A lot of data are going to stay outside to watch for trouble, and then they immediately see a dude just parkouring all over the place. <laughs> just yeah. this guy's doing hardcore parkour. <laughs> like he is just running and flipping around. Eventually, he runs outside past Ada and locks eyes with Ada, and it's immediately clear that they know each other. Right? It's a it's a young man. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then he just keeps running real fast, jumps over like a gate, and like a, does a just a forward somersault. Dude, he's, like, he's on all fours for it's no re- for no reason. Like, what? Why are you flipping? You don't got flip yeah. you just gotta jump no. why are you flipping? i don't know that gin were so acrobatic me either. we've never seen gin go this hard i've never seen anything. a gin act up like that before uh and it turns out ada looks over at lada and says oh he's he is my son uh dun, i'm dun, so bad dun. at judging age like i knew ada was older than the rest of them but i thought she was like maybe 10 years older top so she's got a son their age i'm like hold up <laughs> that doesn't make sense <laughs> hold on, what? <laughs> Ada, you look extraordinarily good for your age how do you put this that's together? an adult man he's your son drop the skincare routine girl what are you doing what are you what doing ada goes on to explain uh well they're questioning her like why didn't you tell us about this and she's like yeah i'm gonna tell the group of hunters about my half monster son like that doesn't seem like a good idea don't say jin son that kind of sounds (laughs) it sounds a little racist john meanwhile just flop sweat it's like i don't know how to deal with this i swear to god john is like and i think i had the wrong read on this situation but as i'm taking notes i'm like john wants to fucking kill this kid john doesn't give a shit that it's Dude, your son he's he fucking... absolutely and I think wants to kill I, this kid i don't know if he's supposed to be doing that or if it's just like his face was really intense but it, i was looking at him i'm like oh john's gonna be a threat in this episode like she explains this whole situation where she kind of fell in love with this jinn uh who whose whole deal was like he wanted to use his powers uh to 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 help people to like basically be like a psychiatrist which i think we've yeah. seen before maybe that was a shapeshifter who was shapeshifting and just like pretending to be a therapist and then shapeshifting into people's moms or something mm, mm, mm. um but this gen wanted to help people and then of course couldn't stop feeding uh yeah. and before she was really able to do anything hunters came along killed him and she went home brokenhearted super young and unknown to her pregnant uh and john is is so he like john we're gonna... She goes on and on and on and on, telling this whole story about her her late husband, or not mm-hmm. husband, but you know the father of her child, and how that she was pregnant with a half shin, and then he grew up. His name's Tony. He's an individual, and then they all listen, and they got those like listening eyes. You know what I mean? Like when someone's really listening, they're giving you the eyes, like they're listening. And then John goes, hmm, "So how do we kill it?" <laughs> 
Also, there's a lot of uh, one thing this show is going to do is is draw a lot of uh, comparisons between John Winchester and Sam Winchester, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a really interesting way to have done the show uh, to have created this character of young John Winchester, right? And I think he's just like Sam at this point. He would just be really confused about how Ada got pregnant. Like you could tell yeah. that he just wants to yeah. pull Mary to the side and be like, "Mary, what do you what do you mean she like?" she just went home and was pregnant. Like, did she stop at a McDonald's or what do you, what do you, and Mary is just like, what are you talking about? Uh, Do they do it from the dream? What is going on? Is is it a dream thing? Is it a gin thing? Did crawl into her dreams and try to crawl out of her stomach? (laughs) He just doesn't have any, any, any idea of what's happening at all. (laughs) Anyway, how do we kill it? How do we kill it though? Uh, It doesn't, it's, it's it's a him. It's Tony. He's my son. He's my son. Don't stop it. Uh, they search through Tony's stuff, finding a necklace uh, that would belong to his dad. And Ada says, "Oh, they're that. He'll come back for that. If if not for nothing else." Um, and Ada is like, "Yeah, we're gonna. I know we have to stop him. Like if he's the one killing these people, we're gonna have to stop him. But I just really want a chance to talk to him." And John's like, "Absolutely not. I'm murdering the child. We're gonna we're gonna draw and quarter him in 1850s. That's how you kill Jen." And Mary's like, "You just found out what Jen were two seconds ago. What do you mean the only way to kill them is to draw and quarter? Where are you gonna get four horses, John Winchester? What are you talking about?" John's John's licking his chops like something's (laughs) not right with this boy. He's so aggressive about this. Uh. But they decide to split up. Uh, Ada and Carlos. And I will say the thing, the thing that finally drove Tony away from Ada. You may have said this. I've been, I've been goofing off too much to really be listening. Uh, what really drove Tony away was he was a good boy, but then he finally, you know, his power started manifesting, and he sees into his mother's dreams, and he sees how terrified of him she is, and that's what drove him away. He doesn't know what he is, but he knows his mom's scared of him, and that's a bad feeling. Yes, yeah. And uh, at this point, he was like 24, and she was like, listen, it's time to move out. It's time to move out. I don't know what you're still doing here. No, I think it's implied that he's really young, right? He's like 13 or 14 when this happens. Because um, uh, oh. I get the impression I, I that... I think he made day. I was like, what? No, no, no. I, f- <laughs> I feel like he's like 18 or 19 in the, right now. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But he's, definitely, he's definitely youngish. Um, they decide to split up. Ada and Carlos are going to wait for Tony to come back. John and Mary are going to go to the police to get info on their investigation into the killing of Gordon, the politician. And Lada is going to use her coroner's office connections to see if there's any information that she can. Lada's got like a, like some darkness going on, right? Like she's like a dark past. She we, pretends her parents are dead or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There's there's a little bit of questioning about her right now that we. I think it was in either Let the last Lada episode. Go dark side. Uh, I love when characters go dark side. John and Mary are uh, in Mary's car. Uh, and Barry is is just sitting over there thinking, and that John just cannot handle this. He has to be talking at all times, or it's, mm-hmm. he just gets confused. Mm-hmm. And she says she's thinking like, so about that. Pre- so about the pregnancy thing. Um, yeah, about so can you? And instead of telling every her about time that, that she starts to talk, she's like, yeah. So so about that pregnancy thing. He just instantly interrupts her every single time. Uh, luckily, she so, she manages um, to get a word in edgewise, and tells him that she was thinking about how Ada was their age when she. Mom about this. <laughs> when, she, when she fell in love and how confusing that must have been for her mm. uh which mm. that's the point john was really like uh what what do you what do you uh uh what do you mean because he's all hold on <laughs> just really let me get, let me get my trapper keeper like i have a whole file for this um, breathing heavy but he decides no, but of course the, the the idea of of falling in love and of course, like she fell in love with the jinn. That's confusing, you yeah. know. It's it's a it's a situation outside of of what her expectations probably were. In a way, you can apply the same thing, I guess, to John and Mary because they have found themselves in this very strange situation between the life of a hunter uh, and and a normal life, and they've been thrust together. And I imagine 
that finding feelings in this situation is a little bit odd for the both of them. And they're both kind of messed up people. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely. a confusing time. Especially for Mary, who is like, I don't want this life. Who is out of his league. Right? And, and now, like, obviously kind of getting dreamy <laughs> about a dude who uh, is out of his league. Sorry, it took me a little bit to catch that. Um, <laughs> but it's getting kind of dreamy about this dude who is just now getting into the life that she's trying to leave, right? Yeah. Like, it's it, it's going to be very confusing. Like, all of these feelings that they're dredging up are, are, are going to be a lot. Uh, John has figured out a way to get intel from the cops uh, without getting arrested, and it's to uh, butter his ex up. We go over to uh, Betty, who is uh, painting a uh, the patron saint of police in her backyard. Painting a Blue Lives Matter flag. And basically painting a Blue Lives Matter. John just. I brought you a. Um, I brought you a sandwich pa- called a cab paper bag of burgers. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of a cab burgers around here, Betty? Uh, what's that, John? Uh, no, he brings her a sandwich from like her favorite place, uh, and basically just gets a bunch of information out of her. Uh, it is funny to think, you know, plenty of people paint now. Jess paints, um, but I'm sitting here thinking, like, well, she didn't have a cell phone, so she's got to she's out in the yard painting. <laughs> How else are you gonna kill time? You had to have weird hobbies back in the '70s. <laughs> Uh, and she she comes up and says basically like there's two other cases that are similar, uh, but she, she can't find any connections between yeah, the. Yeah, she's thing. she's got a kind of a hunch. She thinks that there's something going on here, but nobody else is really listening to her. And he's like, "Well, I'll take that and uh, and my burgers, thanks." Uh, he walks back over to Mary and is like, "Oh, look at all this information I got." And she's like, "You got all of that with a sandwich?" Uh, and he decides to flirt a little bit and is like, "Oh, unlike some people, Betty is easy to talk to." Ooh, and they kind of flirt back and forth. I believe there's even like a little love tap on the arm that she gives john uh it's very cute he's like you could only do that once a day um uh yeah sure they flirt i don't know i got flustered thinking about it (laughs) they're they're two very hot people that are hot for each other so uh we go back over to ada who of course is just kind of in her feelings about this whole tony situation and carlos god love him is just encouraging her like you did the best you could in an impossible situation there's nothing that you really could have done besides the things that you did especially as young as you were but this is interrupted when ada spots tony going into the warehouse uh and she holds up the necklace and he's like Oh, that I did come back for that. So now we have to talk. Uh, and he insists that he is not the killer. Um, he blames her for uh, not telling him who he was and him having to ex- discover that on his own. Uh, and to basically, you know, having to leave and being ostracized and being running away from, from hunters. But he insists that he's not a killer and that he's been helping people and just feeding just enough to get by while he was helping people. Um but something weird happened, Chris. He started hearing some weird sound that drew him to mm. Lawrence. And he followed it to a dude who, when he invaded this dude's mind, already had a monster in his head. And he mm. saw some strange green lights and maybe a giant bug. And at this point, you're just like, so you're reading the Tommyknockers by Stephen King? That's that's yeah. pretty much yeah. what you're... Dude, I forgot that the Akrita were like bugs. bugs. <laughs> it's just a bug, Chris. That's crazy. It's dude. a CG bug. It's so funny. <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> Recently, we, uh, you and I guessed it on the Carrie and Wayward podcast to talk to, talk to uh, Marie and, and Drew and uh it was the fairy episode and we talked about how uh 
the, the all of the monsters in Supernatural just turn out to be like people, right? Like it's very little. little. No, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of these ones being bugs. <laughs> it's just straight up bugs. Uh, I listened to their most recent episode, which was the dragon episode. I don't know if you remember that yeah. one. Disappointing. And, and everybody apparently was very excited for Drew's reaction to the dragons, and he was like, "I don't know. I just accepted it." Like Chris and Jeremy said <laughs> that they were just all humans, and I was just once I saw that they were just humans, uh, I was just like, "Okay, it's fine." I was like, "Oh no, we've oh, ruined man. the show for Drew. I feel so bad." Uh, go listen to their podcast. They're way smarter than us. Yeah. Yes, please do that. Uh, he says uh, that he's done with Ada um, and then gives her the name of the next victim <laughs> for some reason. Um, and as Thanks. she as she reaches for him, he disappears and says, like, I did like this. And he's like, boom, you yeah. thought this was real? You thought I was going to come to you in, like, real life? Please. Uh, uh. And she wakes up. Uh, and, of course, she's just asleep in the van with Carlos. You know, that's like a random little non-plot point because he could have just parkoured away again. But I liked that. I liked it with a little <laughs> twist. I wish he had, like, ghost parkoured away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, parkour would be a lot more funny if it didn't have uh, yeah. contact damage. Like, if I could just... Yeah, dude. You see him like flip over three boxes, and then he's not about to scale the fourth one, and he just kind of just goes right through, through it. it. Yeah, absolutely, it sounds great. Have uh, you ever seen a ghost that could parkour, Sammy? <laughs> Only once. Dad <laughs> told me about a story one time. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Lada has gotten X-rays of the, all three uh, victims. Um, yeah. uh, or actually, just this, just the politician, and it shows. Yeah, that it turns out. Needles in his brain. Needles in the brain. That since, I've been saying this since the beginning of the episode. Needles in his brain. This was uh, some sort of stinger uh, that was this hidden. This is how you get a sick and twisted mind. Uh, by using some sort of weird toxin that comes from bug stingers. Sounds like a bad trip, my man. That's a, that Talk about a nightmare. Uh, they need to find the name, of the or not the name, but they need to find the next victim since they have the name. So John and Carlos decide to, to go after them. And meanwhile, Mary goes down to tell Ada that they have confirmed that because it's a stinger, Tony could have possibly have killed anybody. He's uh, been exonerated. And this is when Ada is like, but he has a stinger. And Mary's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do you mean he has a stinger? You didn't tell us about that. <laughs> Why would he have a stinger? He's like, he's a gin. He's like, yeah, but I'm part stinger. I'm part scorpion. And I'm married. He's like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, now he, he overcame the gin murder allegations. He's, he's, he's coming out on top here. Ada, of course, takes this news. Uh, and she's she's very happy about it, but she regrets like treating Tony like his father instead mm. of just like himself. And Mary's like, you know, just say it here. Like he's survived on his own this long. He couldn't have done that without having a pretty cool fucking mom. And she's like, you know what? I'll take that win. That that's actually yeah. good. You got to take the dubs where you can get them, and sometimes they're scarce. So um, also, I, I this is probably a really obvious parallel, but the Accretor are doing essentially what exactly what the Leviathan were doing. Um, we're, and we're just going to roll with that, and that's okay. I think – I don't hate Season 7 of Supernatural, but I think that the Akrita are being handled a little bit better here. And maybe that's because they are starting from zero with this stuff. It's like they know how to you know, hunt some basic monsters, but they don't have the internet. And so the you know invasion of the body snatchers situation is um, – I don't know. It just, it just feels a little bit more fresh for these characters than it did when Sam and Dean faced them. Sure. I, I, I'll take that. I'll say that. Uh, Mary then asked, like, hey, uh, if you had it to do all over again, uh, would you allow yourself to fall in love with uh, the Jin? And Ada says, I followed my heart, and I don't ever think that that's a mistake. Which is, you know, 
Barry's worried about the, 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 the risk in this. And she asked about that. Like, what, what about the, you know, what, what if I feel like it's dangerous? And she's like, well, that's kind of what falling in love is, is accepting that and then, and then keeping going and following your heart. Uh, and John is creepily at the window behind the curtain. And I guess, it, what is he picking up on the fact that she, she could be falling in love with him? Yes, um, I think is so. that what he's supposed to because <laughs> I thought he was going to be all like excited or something. But the way that he just like dips out, I'm like, that's weird. That's suspicious. What's going on? With you, John? <laughs> uh, it is very strange. And then Carlos arrives and Carlos is like, hey, where's John? He's supposed to come get you. And like, oh, we, we don't haven't seen him. It's like, OK, well, it's time to tight hallways back there. How do you even get out without being seen? Um, yeah, I was just surprised because I thought he'd hang back for a minute and then casually come in and uh, and then just go act like he didn't hear anything. But the way that he disappears, I mean, classic John Winchester disappearing, right? <laughs> and also, like, not confront these issues head on. Like, his mom earlier in the episode was just basically like, you should tell Mary how you feel, right? Like, tell her, yeah. like, to get it off and, your chest. And I think it's, like, John, of course, is, it's not that he's not interested in Mary. I think it's pretty obvious that he's attracted to her. But neither of them seem to be willing to, to for that, like, to the attachment. The attachment seems like it could be too much to get tied down here to get tangled up in something that neither of them are emotionally prepared for which all things considered is maybe not the most unhealthy approach to a relationship like hey i know i'm pretty fucked up and i I feel like we're catching feelings for each other maybe it's time that i pump the brakes because i'm not in a good place and and i'm it's not gonna end well if i dive headfirst into this yeah. Meanwhile, Barry's getting the advice for like, hey, maybe sometimes you just have to dive head first into it. I um I think, you know, for Ada to look back and be like, I I don't you know, I regret some of the I things I did. Um, but- I don't regret having a monster baby who hates me yeah and is potentially a murderer it's it's an interesting perspective from ada but i think like it's it's like that power of love thing where you're just like no you know it it didn't work out for me uh but it could have and that's that's the risk that you have to take uh for mary and john i think john's very confused at this just because he he doesn't want to push her away by reaching too too close to her right by trying to grab her trying to hold her down and if he's trying to build this life in Lawrence and she wants to leave that, like he's got to be a little hesitant to, to, mm, to mm. want to reach out this far. And then also like they, they have a world ending threat and she, we haven't found her dad. Like it's a weird time yeah. for the both of them. Um, but it's time to go look at the, the next dude. Uh, they ride out to yet another gross warehouse where they just find a dude at a desk. Uh, they pretend to be building inspectors from college, mm. from college. I do. I do love when they're, uh, cover is like immediately blown, but like not in like a high stakes way. It's just in like, a, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? And, and I, I, I love the timing on this too, because the dude is just about to be like, who, like, what the fuck are y'all up here doing? And yeah. then just then, a huge bug jumps onto the desk, and then dude, everybody tries saved to by run. the bug. <laughs> saved by the bug. Uh, we get a pretty great chase scene as they try to block it in. It can't. Uh, eventually, it jumps over a fence and jumps at uh, this dude, but Mary jumps in front of it and, and blocks it away. Uh, and then, as Carlos leads the civilian away, John goes to Mary and is like, "Hey, you know, let's 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 go take care of this." And Mary realizes Mary has been stung. Uh, she has the the she's going to be taken over by the deadly toxin. So they they bring her back to the stew, where she tells them to tie her up just in case. Uh, Carlos kind of quips, "You got a safe word," which is you know Carlos's style. Classic Carlos. Uh, John thinks that they need some sort of brain surgeon to get the toxin out of her brain. And Lada points out, well, it's not 
just a we don't need a I got brace. a buddy in the army I can uh, helicopter him <laughs> down I don't I don't know what to do uh, and Lada points out we don't need a brain surgeon we need a supernatural brain surgeon and isn't it great that we just met one of those let's go get yeah. Tony uh, so they basically have to beg Ada to go get Tony and ask him for help and she insists like damn overcoming family issues to solve a supernatural problem classic classic classic. SPN, my dude uh and eventually she agrees but she's very hesitant at first she's at first she's like there's no way you'd have better luck without me as much as he hates me um but then we don't spend a lot of time on this she just goes and finds him on a bus uh and he's immediately pretty defensive uh and then but she says like hey i was wrong to treat you the way that i did I was wrong for not acknowledging you as your own person. Uh, and I'm sorry for all of this. And he's like, well, you can't just apologize for this. And she's like, I know that's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, I want to make things right. Uh, and there's a moment of, I think of tension here because Ada shows back up to the stew and it's like, she does. She says something nice. Like I want to see you use your powers for good before yeah. I never see you again. Oh, okay. So I must've missed that. I was, uh, it's a good line. It is a good line. Uh, but, Tony shows up, uh, and it's time to get started. Uh, he's going to need a volunteer and some chairs, uh, and he explains that all nightmares are rooted in trauma, and that's where the accreta are hiding, in a place in, in people's deepest, darkest fears. So he's going to need a volunteer that's close to Mary to help her get to that spot and help her overcome that fear so they can find this uh, metaphor, which ends up being just like a physical stinger in the dream world, yeah, which is kind yeah. of funny. But it, like, Very funny. A, metaf- a metaphorical like thing to overcome. And he explains that when he tried to, you know, help the councilman, he was a stranger to him. So, and it just it fueled the nightmare even more. It didn't work. So now he's like, we need somebody very close to her. John is nominated, and I love that it's like, hey, okay, I can use my dream magic on her to put her out, but we're gonna need some help with John. And Carlos is like, oh, no problem. And just without even a hesitation, <laughs> Carlos slugs John, just and knocks, knocks him out. in the face. I um, I, I know why we're doing John in this. I just can't help but think that like. Lada would have been the better pick. Like Yeah, like maybe like a long time close friend. Yeah, like somebody that she's known for longer than uh five minutes. Uh not your crush. That's probably familiar with Mary's family and her environment growing up and the pressure that her parents put on her to be a hunter and maybe can even identify with some of that and, and commiserate with some of that. And I just and again, I know why we're choosing John here, right? Because it's the story of John right. and, and, and Mary. That's the story that they they want to tell. But like I couldn't help but think like why are we not even carlos i think isn't carlos her mary's ex like didn't they did they date for a something. little while there's something and there's something I they're fi- close yeah they, they have a, a great rapport with one another but instead but it's, it's there's only there's only one kind of guy you want to let into your sick and twisted mind and that's and that kind of guy is john winchester john winchester uh and he shows up at mary's house uh but it's it's dream mary's house so it has a blue filter over it uh and it has a hallway that's really really spooky yeah, a real um, spooky, smoky hallway. Somebody's been vaping in here, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. We're going to... the windows open now. I don't care if it's just vapes. We're going to switch between... How was it? Did I tell you I was at lunch the other day with some customers, like, inside of a restaurant, and these two dudes, like, literally were hitting their vape at, in the booth at, like, a Mexican restaurant? That's... Uh, I... Listen, I don't get it. I just don't... I don't... I don't get it. I don't understand why anybody considers vaping not smoking. Like, it's the same no. thing. And I grew up... I, I It's the same thing, but it's it's not cool. <laughs> it's Neither one of them <laughs> is cool. Except you don't look fucking cool. 
I, I grew up at a time where like we would go to restaurants and smoking was allowed inside restaurants. Like I, re- yeah, I yeah. remember like a, a waitress coming over to empty my mom's ashtray. Like, a, and I don't know how we put up with it back then. Like it has to be the most disgusting thing ever, but like I, yeah, I just, I just don't understand how it's different at all. Uh, and it, it doesn't matter anyway. Um, they are uh, oh in the real world Carlos and Lada mm. are putting together that all three of these victims had something in common they were they were all working in some capacity to build a new radio tower I like that they're just like mystery solving outside in the real world and not like combating another threat because it, it does feel like that's usually what's going on it's like okay they're gonna be in dreamland and now we've got to barricade the doors because there's more enemies coming we gotta deal they're just like okay we got some downtime let's solve a mystery let's solve let's, some let's mysteries put some yeah. let's you know put some clues together and figure out what's going on here. And uh, back in Dreamworld, it's time to face Mary's first trauma. Um, she They approach a door and Mary says, I don't think I can open this door. And John says, well, that's the reason we need to open it. So he slams the door open it and we get, uh, I believe the credits for this is 10-year-old Mary. Um, I think okay. it's, yeah, it's 10-year-old Mary. We're going to see five-year-old Mary here in a second. Uh, 10-year-old Mary, a bow and arrow dropped to her side with a young boy uh, dead in front of her. A werewolf named Jacob. Uh, um, uh, even I know that that's a reference. Uh, and, and young Mary was not prepared uh, because you know they were chasing this pack. It was her job to kill this this you know werewolf child, and the child changed from werewolf form to human form and began to beg for his life. Um, and this is an extremely fucked up thing. <laughs> like it's so fucked up, and you can't. And I'll talk about it even more in the next in the next little phase that we're going to go through. But like you just average average hunter childhood, honestly, it is. And you just most like, normal hunter child. You cannot watch this and think to yourself like and, and not think to yourself, oh, this is the reason Mary didn't want her sons to be raised yeah. up as hunters. Yeah. Like uh, the childhood that she went through, the literal trauma. Like the show is calling it trauma. We're not even like deducing that this is trauma. Yeah, we're not skirting around it. I don't even. This think, isn't some nineteen seventies bullshit. This is twenty twenty three. We call it trauma. I feel like in fifteen seasons of Supernatural, we never called it trauma. We never like no. a character never said I am carrying trauma around, and now here we are exploring Mary Winchester's tr- literal trauma as a young child and you can't I, I just I can't get it out of my head that like no and I've I've harped on this before man and we were when we covered the main show but just imagine how horrified Mary Winchester had to be when she got brought back from heaven 30 years later and saw her children fucking trapped up in this fucking non angel I think they demon could have nonsense. resolved the John Winchester stuff a lot better if it had been through Mary's anger and then maybe acceptance right yeah. maybe just a, like you know this is how it is. John did what he could, but I think we could have processed all of that a lot better through her. And I don't think that we really did. Um, if they ever, but they are calling it trauma here, and it makes sense. You know, I a lot of that stuff builds up and builds up and builds up, and you don't even know that it's trauma anymore. You don't even know what's what anymore until maybe you experience something that reminds you of it. Um, but yeah, you know, we we are getting some some big sticking points here you can kill a hundred werewolves that look like scary monsters but the first one that turns back into a little kid and begs for its life that's gonna stay that'll with fuck you, you up that'll fuck you up dude that, um I, if they ever reboot supernatural uh i think it would be a much cooler idea uh and i don't really care about the sam and dean like they, that can be boys and girls or in between I don't, I don't give a shit like i don't really care about the that i think it would be super cool if john died 
um, mm. and Mary Winchester with the history that we know from Mary Winchester then kind of goes dark side, right? Like she goes on the revenge quest, knowing everything that she knows about the hunter world and sacrifices her children so to do that. She's so much more competent than John. Exactly. Was, so yeah. she could be so much more lethal mm-hmm. um, as much as you would think, okay, she can solve the problem a lot quicker, but at the same time, She's a lot more dangerous. John was dangerous, I guess, because he was kind of he was in the dark because he was a fucking he was idiot, a little bit unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> so. I just think, and also like the idea of Mary uh, being on that revenge quest and like sacrificing the time with her children, uh, which is mm-hmm. one of the things that she wanted the most out of life. I think that would be really interesting. Um, interesting anyway, yeah, yeah. CW hire me or not, because you don't care about actually mm-hmm. writing shows anymore. You just want reality mm-hmm. bullshit. Uh, it's time for Mary's second trauma. Uh, we go to a different door. Uh, and this time Mary box, she's like, I can, yeah, uh-uh. I can't face this. And John says, look, you can't, you can't just punch your way through this. Like you were going to have to confront this. Uh, and John goes to her and kind of like holds her, her face and has him look in her eye and looks in her eyes and says, you know, I am right here. We can do this together. And they go through the door and here is five-year-old Mary. Um, she is rigidly sitting in her bed uh, and holding a knife and worried about the very real monsters that are under her bed. And Mary explains this to John, like, you know, your parents told you not to be afraid of the imaginary monsters. Mine told me that they were real and it would be my... This was the night they told me that the monsters under my bed were real and they could hurt me. And that it would Um, be my job to kill them. Uh, and yeah. she says and this calls back to the first episode of Supernatural where Sam says something about like oh when I said I was afraid of the monsters under my bed dad gave me a 45 or whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. the hell yeah, the absolutely. Mm-hmm. but it's that same experience that her, her baby son then went on to have a generation later which is super fucked up and especially seeing John seeing this now of course this exact memory isn't going to stick in his memory over the many many years that were to follow but I immediately thought of that parallel and I thought that's so fucked up that happened to both of them the I think the interesting thing here is how angry she is, how angry uh, our Mary is, right? She turns around yeah. and punches a hole in the wall, like she lashes out. And she's like, I was five, John. I was five mm. years old. And at that moment, every door to every future that I could possibly imagine for myself slammed shut and closed forever. And again, yep. just going back to that idea of this same Mary Winchester coming back in from heaven and seeing her children <laughs> become her, right? Like had to be so devastating. But even right now, like seeing this, this young person that she was, she's just so sad because she realized like, it's been that way. Like I've not changed. Um, and John actually has a incredibly insightful piece of advice here, which is like it, when you were this age, when you were five, what would you have wanted to be wanted to hear? And Mary goes to young Mary and says, uh, it's okay to be scared. Um, sometimes it's good to be scared. And she gives a significant look at John Winchester when she says this, uh, mm. referencing this Ada conversation, which is a really weird time to do that. Like I get the blocking on this and I understand that we're setting some relationship tones, but like I just time and place, Mary, come on, keep it in your pants. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, but she tells she tells her younger self it's it's going to be okay not now not today but one day I'm going to find a way to open all the doors that were closed to you, uh, and we which he- is probably the most romantic thing that he's ever said. Well, this is Mary talking to Mary. Just kidding. <laughs> which so? <laughs> Just kidding. That's uh, very. It's a very sweet thing to say to your childhood self. The, yes. the kid stuff, people t- like confronting their childhood selves always gets me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we hear a heartbeat come up 
and we a song begins, which is the the windmills of your mind by Dusty Springfield, which seems like thematically. I was just saying it's a great song, but I didn't know the name of it. Um, thank you, Super Wiki. You may have the wrong description for this episode, but you got the right music. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the young Barry pulls up the pillow and the the stinger the the bones of the stinger are underneath the pillow again this is like a physical thing that mary then destroys with the knife uh and crushes them and in the real world she wakes up her eyes flash green and john wakes up as well uh tony doesn't look super great he's like bleeding from the nose a bit uh but we're okay from all of that um and we we take a break and as we come back, John is back working on the hog. Uh, he yep, is dude. Hogs out for John Winchester. Hogs out, and that sounds so terrible. <laughs> mm. uh, I mean, you said it. I did. I did. I did say it. Uh, Millie walks up, John's mother, uh, and wondering if John had opened up to Mary yet. Uh, and John's like, "No, I didn't." But but, no, she... but I've got something I want to ask you about, Mom. So pregnancy. Pregnancy. <laughs> He takes a deep breath and he can only get the one word out. Did, uh, she goes, excuse me? Did dad ever talk to you about gins? Is that the way that I did came ever, to be? Did dad ever talk to you about pregnancy? <laughs> did dad ever tell you how babies were made? <laughs> I didn't need him to tell me, John. I've heard there's something with birds and or bees. Can you confirm or deny that? So where does the gin get involved <laughs> <laughs> poor millie is so confused i failed my son the military has failed my son um he does say that mary opened up to him although not necessarily a way that he expected uh and that's when mary arrives uh wearing a blue jean jacket very weirdly like over the shoulders but not through the sleeves i don't know what this look is I, it's called the 70s and it's, it's called... not it's not though dude i don't think this is a 70s look I, i'm not I, an expert i, I but... hate that i'm gonna i think this is called riz no, it is not. It is absolutely not called the Riz. What are you talking about? No, I, I keep here. I'm gonna Google that word. No, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna save the Riz because I actually have Riz in my notes for a little bit later. So we're gonna talk oh, about perfect, the Riz. Perfect, perfect. Um, you gotta tell me what it means. But uh, John says that there's something that he wants to talk to about, and you can tell from her eyes that she expects him to be like. I'm in love with you. I want to. I want to make babies with you as soon as somebody explains to me how that process is, what that process involves. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but instead, he says, "I think that you're right, and that when you finally leave hunting, you should also leave Lawrence. Dude, you should get the fuck out of town. <laughs> you need to get out of my fucking town. And I'm so Dude. committed to you leaving. You can have this motorcycle and take her wherever you want." And Mary's like, "Yeah, okay, uh... <laughs> sure." Dude, I'm over here like, can love truly bloom on the battlefield? And John's like, "You should leave town." You need to GTFO. I need you get to on the hog, fucking leave. Get, he says, get on this hog and ride. And she goes, oh my God, that's so forward. And then he steps aside and reveals the motorcycle sitting behind him. He's, she's like, well, that's just that's just mean. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he just leaves. Like, he just walks away from this conversation after anyway, saying this. And Mary's just <laughs> left. Go, I'm going to go sit on the there. toilet and read the paper. <laughs> He's just left to stand there. But John just left. It's I'm so gonna go weird. See if, I'm going to go read the obituary, see if any of my friends died. Uh, we switch over to Lada and Ada, who are saying goodbye to Tony. Uh, and Tony tells them that the Akrita are collecting essences of monsters, of rare monsters. Uh, rare and, monsters, dude, like fucking Pokemon. They're collecting this shit. And they realize, uh, Lada realizes that over the last four episodes, they've been killing these monsters. Uh, and now that's what the Akrita have been planning, for them to kill the yeah, monsters so they can come They're doing those in, guys a favor. Collect all of the essence. Uh, Ada is like, hey, I'll give you a ride out of town. And Tony's like, that's cool. And as Ada kind of walks away, he, he goes over to uh, Lada and is like, hey, yeah. <laughs> what's up? Can I... 
can I write to you? And that's what Riz is, Chris. That's what Riz is. That's he puts what Riz he puts is. some game on her. He puts a little Riz on her. That's right. I did Google it. Suave seduction skills. Yep. And that's exactly. He's like, hey, hey, <laughs> did, damn. Did you watch? Uh, you've seen Into the Spider Verse, right? The, the the first one, not the I've new one. I've seen the first one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just that that like shoulder grab. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, that's Riz. That's Riz. I mean, failed Riz, yeah, yeah. But, but Riz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was kind of thinking it was like more like style. Like, like oh, he's got, like, he's got Riz. But no, 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 no thing no. makes yeah, more yeah. sense. Yeah, he doesn't have drip. I mean, he's wearing drip, right? He just, yeah. but he. See, you, I'm getting, oh, I mixed up my drip and my Riz. Yeah. I've done that before. I've done that before. <laughs> Look, don't worry, Chris. Every white guy ever has done that before. <laughs> it's, these are unfamiliar waters for everybody. For, that well, we we all don't know. Through. I mean, I wasn't around in the 70s. I don't know if, if Mary, by wearing the jean jacket, just over the shoulders if that's putting on the moves you know what i mean i don't know i don't, I don't know, know if that's some like low house on the prairie sex appeal i don't know i don't i just i'm not in the room for that do you think you know that we're I mean? in the 1870s did you just say little house on the prairie that's right that's <laughs> not, i said what i said we're not in the 1870s chris what yeah, are you but talking I bet about that show was on the air in the 70s <laughs> it was yeah yeah what an awful awful <laughs> good good save <laughs> um god that show dude i, I can't there's like 700 episodes of that show, and I think I'm going to watch it. It's longer than One Piece, dude. It's it's really, really long. <laughs> Jason Bateman is in that show. That was his first huh? acting gig. I found that out the other day. <laughs> he was a wow. he was a child actor. I didn't know that. It's so weird. Wow. Um, anyway, uh, Tony puts the Riz on Lada. Lada is very accepting. She's like, oh, yeah. yeah she accepts absolutely. the Riz. Absolutely. Yeah, you can write to me. Uh, later, guess my address though. I'm not telling you. He's like, you're British, so I'm gonna just write it to London, England. <laughs> and she's like, that's actually pretty smart. That's, that's pretty good. That's not where I am. <laughs> uh, later on, our full gang goes through a bunch of files, and uh, I, eventually, Mary spots the connection between uh, all yeah. of these files for this radio tower. Roxanne. And they they turn the radio on where we see uh, Roxy the DJ, who, which we have seen a couple of times. D- in this is this episode. Jensen's wife? No, it is not. Okay, um, she looks kind of like her, but then I was like, I don't really know what she looks like that much, and I know she's like an executive producer, or whatever on the show. Well, so she I'm would, sorry that I can't remember her name right well, now. Well, her his wife shows up in Supernatural. I know she does. I know she does. But I was looking at her last night. I was like, is this just the hair thrown around? I mean, it's probably very clearly not her. But as someone who's not very familiar with Danielle, yeah, uh huh, got it. Nailed it. Uh, I'm not super familiar with her outside of those couple episodes of Supernatural. So for a second, I was like, "Is that her?" Well, I just, just back? I just know her from the Christmas cards we exchange because we're such close personal friends. Sure, so sure, 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 sure. That's sure, how sure. I identify. I mean, like I, I can yeah, understand yeah, no, that you I might mean, not of have to get her hanging on the fridge. Of course, you're gonna know. Yeah, me, me and Danny are pretty tight. You know, I mean, we're Danny. <laughs> yeah, me and me and Danny with a Y are pretty. Jen and Dan. Jen and Dan come over. Uh, <laughs> do you remember the office bit where Jim and Pam come back from their honeymoon and they're like pork and beans with the yeah yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. exactly how we are with with Jen and Dan uh, that's so cool yeah yeah we're like honeymoon trip to get people together <laughs> we're like we're pretty close in age and physical body type I think you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I've been saying this <laughs> me and Jensen are a lot of common you know being two <laughs> yeah, su- yeah, yeah. southern men who. Uh, Hey, just a couple southern boys. You know what I mean? Just, just, just a couple southern. Just boys. like to get down. You know what I'm saying? We both just like to. Just and every story <laughs> starts with six beers. Every story starts. Not his though. Just want to be clear because no. he knows. No. Jen knows that he's, his beers suck. I've told him. We've had that conversation. He doesn't mind me. He doesn't mind me <laughs> oh, saying that. Um. Anyway, they turn on the Roxanne. radio. Roxy spinning some some Nina Simone. Uh, she gets. So, dude, they're straight up taking they're taking control of the radio waves. Yes, this is part of the Acreditus plan. This is also part of the Sorceress's plan in Final Fantasy VIII. So, shout out. 
Shout, shout out to out. the sorceress. Yeah. Shout out to the Akrita. Mm-hmm. You guys have got it locked in. Uh, someone reports to her that the uh, the Mary is not under their control, and that these young hunters will be a problem. And but Roxanne is not worried about it. She just cranks that Nina, and we we hear that on the outro. Mm. Um, and that's it, my man. That's that's pretty good episode. That's the episode. You know, it pretty was, it good was definitely it was a lot to come back to. It's been months and months and months since I watched the show, so I'm like, oh, I'm so disconnected from it. Am I going to be able to connect? And then, you know, 15 minutes in, we're talking about, you know, Jin pregnancy. And I'm like, this is too much. But I circled back. I'm in, dude. I was, I'm back You're in. You're all in? Um, you know, we got we, – for me, personally, I cannot speak for the live chat that we have going right now or the listener at home. I can't speak for how much they enjoy our bits, but I'm enjoying the bits. The bits are good. Uh, so, you know. Shout out to us. How are you feeling uh, five episodes into this about... Uh, I'm feeling like there should be at least eight more of these. At least eight more. <laughs> it's, I think, I th- well, <laughs> boy, brother, do I have good news for you. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about this being like... How do you feel about this show thus far justifying its existence? And I'm probably going to ask you this every week because I'm curious how the, how this how this lands for you. Well, like, did we need this five episodes in? We ne- no, the the final answer is no, but varying shades of it. Um, I think it has recontextualized some things, and which is good. And I think getting those voiceovers from Dean, it's like it kind of brings things back. And I wish that they would use this to answer some questions, not like how the lore of things, but. I don't know. I liked the the connection this episode where where Mary has that that moment about the monster under her bed, and then I called it back to Sam. Right, that reminded me of something that the boys experienced, and I think I've had that in past episodes where I've been able to make connections. Maybe they're obvious. Maybe it's a little bit more subtle. It just gives you a feeling that just reminds you a little bit more of what those boys went through, and maybe on a, on a rewatch of Supernatural, it can kind of color things a little bit. So while no, I don't think this show is entirely necessary. In fact, on paper, I think that this is a terrible idea and I don't think that they should have done it on paper. But every time I watch an episode, I'm very pleasantly surprised with the with the delivery of all this stuff. So I continue to be on board for it. That's a very long answer that could have been a simple yes or no. But. No, I think this is that's what I was looking for, right? Like I think that's the um I'm curious how that's going to how your opinion on this is going to change because I, in the middle of this, as of right now, like as of this episode, when I watched it the first time, I was like, you know what? Like I'm into this. Uh, I'm just, I'm just not sure why it, this exists. Like, what is this going to do to improve the main show, or how is this going to distinguish itself from the main show? And I think those are important questions when you start talking about like uh, prequels and things like that. Is like, does this? is this additive to the the culture of this show, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's interesting. I'm, I was I still remain shocked about how well they cast John and Mary. I think both of these people yeah. are, are just fantastic. And of course, the supporting a- actors are amazing. Like they're everybody is great in this. Uh, but it just it continues to impress me. The last episode we covered was the like John going into like the Vietnam War flashbacks and realizing mm-hmm. he probably needs therapy. This one we literally confront Mary's trauma. And it just seems like somebody on the writing team, somebody on the production team, somebody on the creative side of this was like, let's fucking do it. Like, let's let's yeah. deal with the problems that everyone talked about with Supernatural that the fucking CW and the, the creative team at that point just didn't really care about. They didn't want to do mm-hmm. that. Like, we had to beg them to do that. So let's just get into it. Um, and I find that very fascinating. Like, I feel like that's 
very very interesting as a, as as a as a concept. Um, yeah. But I'm curious also how you we're gonna feel when it keeps going. So it will. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the season develops. Because it's on the one hand, it's like, what are the stakes, right? Like we know that John and Mary are are gonna make it through to a certain point. We know that they're going to fall in love because it's one thing to like Jess and I watch a ton of romance anime where it's like the thrust of the show is the will they won't they. And even if you know they're going to end up together, it's still, you know, whatever. But here it's like, I I guess it's the same thing. You know, they're going to end up together, but the will they won't they, the the build up is part of it. Yeah. But then the the threat of the Akrita, which I'm down for. This is an interesting idea, but I'm like, I know they're going to overcome it because we've never fucking heard of these things before. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I. I am interested despite myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I feel like that's how I was too, because I was so not on board. You can go back and listen to our and, and episode I think it's on just the trailer. It's like, w- the cast is charming, you know? And it's like, oh, they're, they're putting together solid episodes. It's just like, it's just solid. It's unnecessary, but it's good. So I think we're kind of like, <laughs> we're vibing with it. It's, a, it's the exact opposite of our tagline. <laughs> it's good and unnecessary. Yeah. It's but of creepy yeah, and necessary. And, yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've, we very much appreciate it. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, tell your friends that we're back. Uh, tell all of your supernatural people we're back. They may have unsubscribed from the feed. Uh, they can they can just go back and resubscribe, get all the episodes. Uh, since we've last talked to you on this podcast, we have done a lot of extra stuff. So I just I want to do a quick rundown. We mentioned this during the episode. Chris and I both guested on Carrying Wayward, which is a fantastic podcast. Like doing episode by episode coverage. Uh, can't can't recommend it enough. Uh, love those love the folks over there they do such a great job we had a great time uh, bringing them down to our level uh, just fantastic I guested on a music podcast called Driver Picks the Music uh, that's Logan Berry's show where she is going through episode by episode and not talking about the plot of Supernatural at all but only talking about the music that Supernatural has chosen to put in um, I guested on episode I think season one, episode six, which is the shifter. So I got to talk about that filter song, which I liked a whole lot. Um, And that was just a lot of fun. So I just wanted to mention that. Uh, I was also a guest on in defense of fandom, which is Sadie Witowski's podcast about all things, fandom supernatural. You'll you'll hear some very familiar voices on that podcast, including friend of the show, uh, Katie, AKA what is Katie going by? Um, I don't remember her, but her, uh, Dusty L, Dusty L Cannon. That's right. That's right. I, I, I outed her no one time. Help from me yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. I, I, I think I read aloud her, uh, personal Twitter handle at some point, which I felt bad about. Uh, and you'll also hear some cool stuff. It's an interesting podcast to talk about. Um, and I think just since we recorded, there's just a bunch of supernatural podcasts that have come out and that's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a, a ton of different like topics and angles and things. So if you're looking for interesting perspectives out there, you, you can definitely reach it. And I am done with talking because my, my nose is filled up with congestion and I don't want to do it anymore. So I'm going to go watch Yellow Jackets. Chris, do you have any last words? Just thank you for everybody for coming back and um, welcome back to my sick and twisted mind. Bye, everybody. Hello. We are working. We are live. We're live. Back with Monster of the Week. Thank you, everyone, for joining us live. Shit. Can we get some, can we get some GGs hey. in the chat going, please? I, I, I got to take a phone call real quick. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the chat riled up.
Monster of the Week outtakes, eh? I am desperately looking around my room trying to find the supernatural novels. I'm pretty sure I boxed them up. I'm moving stuff around. You know, just daily household chores. As you do. Damn, I don't know where a single one. I got a lot of those supernatural novels. Alright. What's that, chat? Can we get a can we get around to GG's going again? Can we get around to GG's going for the um for the supernatural novels? Imagine if we did these live. How weird that would be. I think it would be the same because we've done like live streams. To, usually, when we're playing Resident Evil games, which we should do more of, and you all should come watch. Um, but it, it's it's typically it's just the same as doing a podcast. <laughs> it's it's the exact same energy, except Jeremy's trying to play a video game while I <laughs> yell at him about something. You know how it is, right, chat? I don't know. Do people um do people still talk to their chat in that way? I don't watch any streamers or anything like that, so it's sort of a little bit beyond me. But there's a lot of games that I want Jeremy to play, especially Resident Evil 4. The new one came out, you know? We got to get him on that. Monster of the Week listeners, I know you don't care about video games. That's about the only thing I do care about in this godforsaken world. <laughs> so I'm sorry. It always has to come down to this. But there's a lot of games that I want Jeremy to play. We started doing a Mass Effect playthrough where we made Cass. It's Cass Effect, of course. Um... We were trying to figure out like the recording setup for the PlayStation. We did like one episode, and then I th- we haven't done a lot of bonus stuff like that since I started my new position at work, which is it's been over a year at this point. It just got so much busier. But we want to do a lot of stuff like that. Jeremy's gonna come back and listen to this later and be like, "Why are you saying all this? <laughs> Who are you talking to?" First of all, I'm talking to the chat, Jeremy. Uh, thanks for the bits, and the uh, I don't know what what else do you thank people for on Twitch. But, um, yeah, there's lots of games we want to play. It's just that is a, you know, I don't know, watching a TV show and taking notes is certainly one thing. But then it's like playing a video game and like a lot of these video games we want to play are like 40 hours long. And it's like you have to cover all 40 of it on the mic and then plus any work that you might do off, you know, I don't know. Just trying to fill the dead air. Okay, I couldn't find the supernatural novels. What did I used to talk about? Long, long time ago, 27-year-old Chris hopping on the microphone, talking about Supernatural, talking about Sam's hair, the good old days, you know? But now I'm a cast girl. That's just what happens. That's what happens when you um, slowly write a character out of your show. It stops being super interesting. Sorry, Sam. Hmm. You know, it ain't easy. <laughs> it ain't easy. But yeah, 27 years old, hopping on this podcast with Jeremy, a young sprout himself. And now I'm, th- at the time of this recording, I'm 32. Maybe I was 26 when we started. I actually don't remember what year we started doing this podcast. But that's that's a long time. 
being in like my you know mid to late twenties, I still felt like I had the whole world before me. And now I'm still I'm in my early thirties, but it just it has a different tone to it because my personality hasn't changed. Not too much about my life has changed, and now it's suddenly like, oh, <laughs> you're a podcaster. What are you doing? You know, Jeremy's got his whole thing. He's Jeremy has a wife and a and a home and horses. He's got it locked in. Man's got it figured out. Me. <laughs> I'm I've back. got supernatural books in boxes. Hey, Jeremy. I'm back. I, uh, What's up? It is very oh, I was weird. Just talking to the chat. Oh, okay. Hey, chat. Sorry to interrupt. Didn't mean to. <laughs> didn't mean to interrupt the chat. Uh, uh, it is very weird to be being a business phone call, and I can hear you from my headphones, just <laughs> keeping up a running commentary of something. My most, my most recent. My most recent. Well, first of all, I was talking about how we want to cover some games, and then I would get. I would distract myself a little bit by trying to pretend to talk to the chat, and of course, there's no one there. So, and then I was talking about how it's weird. I started this at age 27. Now I'm 32. You know, being 27 and being kind of a fuck up in your life is fun. Being 32 and being kind of a fuck up, it's a little. It's a little bit more. Um, you know, dubious. And I was saying you've got it locked in because you got you got the horses that's forget the wife in the home and all the others it's the horses you got it locked in right no no no, no, no dude no. okay first off you're not a fuck up at 32 i can promise <laughs> you that uh second off uh if i look like i have anything together it's because i have just had a years of practice of pretending well i think <laughs> that's i <it>. think <laughs> may, but the point that i'm getting to is that and listeners, you may not know this, is Jeremy's got the swag on lock. I know he doesn't <laughs> I, like me I saying have, that. <laughs> I do have the swag on lock. Yeah, I'll accept it Jeremy. in this one case, yes. We've been t- I've been waiting to tell somebody about this. We we've been talking about getting sneakers, right? <laughs> yeah. I've absolutely. been trying to get some I've tried to get I've been trying to get my swag on lock. Uh-huh. And I finally, at the prompting of my own father, bought some what I would would call dad shoes. They Uh-oh. are Adidas running shoes, but I have just worn a whole, and I don't like or, like run a lot, but I do go for athletic walks, you might call them. Um, <laughs> spirited, spirited crawls. Spirited, <laughs> spirited um, <laughs> jaunts. Um, <laughs> athletic walks. And I just have basically worn a hole in, in my running shoes, running in quotations. And just to be so clear, I, this is only when teenagers are chasing you down the street, right? This isn't. That's this the only just, time I'm getting any yeah, kind of yeah, speed. Yeah. That's the only time that, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I just bought these shoes at the property of my own father. There's some Adidas running shoes, size 16. And Ooh. the reason that I'm like, ah, oh, they don't really look that cool. It's because at size 16, you can't get anything cool. It's very difficult. My sister, I've been asking the whole family. I'm like, anybody got links? Where do you guys buy shoes online? I need some intel because Amazon's not hooking it up. I even um, I even went through all of my stuff uh, yeah. and was like, and started looking. I don't even think I told you about this, but like I found like a, a, a 10 websites that have like cool fucking kicks. And I went Ooh. through uh, like... I was on I was on a plane. I traveled recently, so I was just stuck and I couldn't do anything. So I went through all of them, seeing what they had in size sixteen, and the selection was garbage. It was garbage. It's tough, dude. It's tough. <laughs> and then I told you, my sister sent me a pair of the all white Air Force One size sixteen. I was like, I'm not that guy. I can't do it. You I can do it. Knighted. You I can't can do put it. Those on. I debuted. I, deb- I debuted my Air Force Ones in public at a social event this weekend. Were, they, they, all, were they all white though? No, they weren't all white. Okay. See, I, all, I can't do the all white. That's too I, cool. I think um, you could do the all white kicks, man. I'm kind of curious. But anyway, so I got these these running shoes, right? Size 16. They're too fucking small. Are you serious? They are too small. I I buy I typically I wear like a, a dress boot a lot of the year, but I can't keep wearing these all fucking summer. And I just rolled my ankle in one a couple weeks ago. I can't live this life anymore. I need some goddamn arch support. So my boots I typically have to get in a 15 because boots will ride on the big side. 
but I got these fucking running shoes and they're too small to size 16. Am I supposed to buy a size 17? <laughs> did they make I'm, size 17? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, but I make... got another pair of tennis shoes on the way. I bought two pairs. Now, these are a bit more of a flat-footed thing, less uh-huh, arch support. Uh-huh. But f- uh, my fingers are fucking crossed that these things will fit. Because and, and the running shoes, it's not it's not bad enough where I'm going to return them because I'm lazy. Um, but it's a little uncomfortable on the tippy toes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is not the life that I signed up for. You look back at pictures of me when I was a child. I was just a little guy. You know, there was no way to know. <laughs> is this a like a weird Black Mirror situation? Uh, or I guess this would be more of a, like a... Um... Uh, what was the? Uh, why can't I think of it? The, the the weird monkey's paw. Not monkey's paw. The what, what, what? It was the like anthology show that was all creepy back in the sixties and seventies. Um, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Is this a Twilight Zone situation where your your, your body has stopped growing but your feet have not? And there's just I like sh- I, my body stops growing when s- I was in like seventh grade. A sliver Easy. of an inch every year where Easy. it just it's not noticeable until like a time like now when you're looking for new shoes. When and suddenly you're like, I'm what like happened? I go to upgrade shoes and I'm like wait what the fuck happened? Yeah exactly like now you just I don't know what's up. In, as you know I've been I mean I'm always obsessed with Final Fantasy especially when I was in a, a kid. Yeah. And in like fifth grade I remember reading the little manual to Final Fantasy 8 and being like I'm taller than Squall and I'm 11 years old and I don't remember how tall he was but I think I was like 5'10 in fifth grade and then I grew two more inches since then I'm six feet. <laughs> That's it. But those feet have never have stopped, never stopped growing. And you don't notice it like year to year because like if you bought one pair of boots, you've been wearing that for like the last probably five or six years. You, yeah, those boots, you've been just, and then you've I been just, upgrade. I'm like, wait, hold you've on. You've just been slowly stretching those boots out as your feet grow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you've been yeah. just very slowly increasing the size on the, the internal size of those boots. But now with new kicks, yeah, I did. I found the Adidas website. Uh, they, they, they make some really cool, like I think casual running shoes or casual walking yeah. shoes yeah. that just look really comfortable and they're highly rated but they, they seriously they top out at like a, a 12 or 13 max like yeah. you're just most you're in the, of the ones that i was like i i the other day i was like i'm gonna drop 150 dollars. i don't even care anymore i'm like i'm let me let me just go for the most basic of basic sneaker yeah um and then it was like no sorry do you want a size 14 no no no, no i would i would i would have danced with the devil on a size 15 but now i know that i can't even dance that dance you know it's too much it's not fair. It's not. I didn't come here to talk about that. You know what you're gonna. You know what you're gonna have to do now. What's that? Custom kicks. You I got, know. I. You gotta I, go to the land of the custom kicks, my friend. Are you ready? Custom, you know, I used to get custom Converse high tops. Yeah. In high school. You're gonna have to I get would put like little designs on them. They're not cool. You're gonna and have I, to those get are the only shoes that you can get in any size. You can get those in a size 24. They don't fucking care. They don't care. But yeah, they will. They will make my feet. I'm gonna be real with you. No arch support. I used to wear them in high school. I had this one pair of chuck taylor converse high top black sneakers with a thousand holes in them you could just see my fucking dirty white socks underneath them because i thought it was cool and i'm i'm gonna wear my ripped up shoes and that's all i wore no wonder i got fucked up feet now as i wore these ripped up shoes for four years because i thought i was cool and now i'm paying the price uh what was i about to say um (laughs) speaking of final fantasy Changing the subject, back to what we talk about on this podcast, video uh-huh. games. Uh, mm-hmm. We both recently completed Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yes. We haven't really spoke Excellent since. video game, if I do say so myself. Excellent video game. Uh, I went back and completed some of the collect-a-thon stuff. Uh, yeah. So I, I did all you of the... maxed out that game. Did all of the light... Re- oh, I have not, by any stretch of the imagination. Because uh, there's a thousand Korok seeds in that game. And I, I have collected 120. 
Um, Damn. And I maybe have, because there was a couple of times where I would like stumble across the, I need help getting to my friend. And I'm like, I don't feel like fucking with this. So I just like marked mm-hmm. it on the map. I maybe have like 10 of those marked on my map. So there's like 900 of those things to find and I'm just not Good interested. Uh, but I did do all the shrines because shrines, I always do the shrines because like it's a little bit of gameplay. Like there's stuff to do yeah. around that. Um, and the only shrines that I was really missing uh, were like buried in caves or like were very complicated to get to uh like there was one that i just on the overworld that your sh- your shrine sensor doesn't even ring at because you have to like start a quest to do it um and there was some really weird stuff that i had to like look up and, and try to figure out because i just didn't know how to get to yeah. it i didn't at this point like i'm not really interested in like exploring around for new caves or whatever uh but it was all that was all good and fun and uh i feel like i'm i'm officially done with that game at, at this point like uh it's we, after I finished it, but before I did this, uh, you had mentioned to me, you said the magic words, which was that the Final Fantasy 16 demo was the, one of the most Game of Thrones things that you've ever played. Dude, it's so Game of Thrones. And in, I, in, in, a, in as positive a way as I can say that. And I couldn't, in my, in my head, I can't marry those two because Final Fantasy is so over the top mm-hmm. and flamboyant and wild and just crazy. And Game of Thrones is very much not that. Game of Thrones is very grounded and earthy. So I was really curious what you meant and decided to download the demo open it up and like I feel like I texted you within like five or ten minutes and I was like this is fucking amazing uh, yeah. and they got to like the main combat stuff it was like this is so much fun and then finished it and was and, like texted you I have pre-ordered this video game it comes yep. out next week it's, it was it that really that much it. of a change now you start the demo and you play like five minutes in like present day the main character Clive I'm still wrapping my head around <laughs> that name but it is um, shout out to all the Clives out there yeah <laughs> You start off as twenty eight year old Clive, I believe, is his, and you're in like a war, and there's a there's a lot going on, and then it very quickly after a few minutes you take take back to the flashback, and I feel like I was won over so quickly in that flashback, which is what exactly is what I needed to happen because like the little kids with their high pitched voices and the main character as a fifteen year old with his little like swoopy haircut, even though you'd think I'm into that kind of like protagonist because I love all those other games, but I was just like, uh-uh, I don't want this. But the fact that they sold it so well in that flashback has me really, really, really excited for the rest of the game. Obviously, I'm a Final Fantasy diehard, but I go into everyone, especially after the last number of years, I'm a little bit more trepidatious. You know, I was excited for 13, and I beat that game at least two or three times. I'm not a 13 hater, but I'm not necessarily a 13 lover either. Final Fantasy 15, all-time series low for me. I only beat it the one time, and I don't think I've ever gone back again to it. Don't hate that game, but it just left very little lasting impression on me. Um, So this one, I remember seeing the trailer for it, the first trailer, and being like, huh, I don't, okay, interesting, because it's all the like little kid stuff, like with the, the flashback stuff in, the, in that first trailer. Just didn't really know what to think. And each trailer, I'm like, I would go between being like really hyped and then being like, ah, I don't know. And then I played the demo. I mean, I was pre-ordered. I was locked in no matter what. But playing that demo, I was like, holy fucking shit, this is on another level. The tone of it is extremely grounded, I guess. And it reminds me of old Squaresoft stuff, like Final Fantasy Tactics and Vagrant Story. And they were still PS1 JRPGs, but they had this this way more grounded fantasy feel to them, um, just like Game of Thrones does. So that's what this game was was doing. I should have seen it coming because so much of the uh, Final Fantasy XIV online expansion stuff that they've done over the years has been very reminiscent of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah um, I've heard that. So this the, it was, they were setting it up, and they, they have now built this incredibly cool world. Um, 
I'm I'm super excited about it. It's um it's 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 really good. It's also uh just some of the names they picked for the characters. Like you're you're quickly joined by uh Tyler and Wade in your Dude, party. Tyler and Wade, my shout boys? outs to Tyler and Wade, who I thought like when they joined my party, I was like, oh, these are just like expendable dudes or whatever. Uh, and it ends up like they kind of they go on a little story with you for a, for yeah. a little while, and and there's like an emotional moment that happens with Wade. Um, and then I discovered my favorite thing in the world about video games, which is that this game has what's a system called active time lore. Incredible stuff. Incredible, incredible name. We're basically like at any point, I think even, I think it's outside of a cutscene maybe, or during inside e- a, a cutscene, I think anywhere you can just like hold down the, the touchpad yeah. and it will bring up like the glossary of things. So if people are talking about the Iron Islands and Theon Greyjoy, you can be like, wait, 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 who's that? You so, press this button and it'll give you a little definition of this is the on Greyjoy. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's like the um, uh, if you watch stuff on Prime, like it's like the X Ray thing, right? Where like exactly, you could pause yeah. it and it gives you like the song that's playing and the it's actors. Just something that's called active time. But lore active too. Of course, time lore. The active time is so battle good. is what the old battle of course, system was yeah, called. Yeah, ATB. That, that was with the Chrono Trigger and all that. But uh, <laughs> just love this. <laughs> I, I went. I, I, I feel like it's one of the best names in video games ever. Uh, yeah. And then I learned that Wade. Um, had as as a kid the reason he's in the service is because uh he had injured himself i think it was something weird too like tripping over a barrel of apples or something right like he had injured himself as a child and the the phoenix which is like a character like a dude like like a person inhabits this idea of the phoenix in the story that they're telling uh healed him and like got it saved his life from tripping over these apples and so he was like oh because i owe this i owe the phoenix a debt i'm gonna i'm gonna serve the phoenix i'm gonna join up which is never mentioned in the demo i don't think no but it's just like i just now i'm going to be pressed i'm gonna be hammering the atl man i gotta hit that atl constantly because i just gotta know what's what's up with these characters yeah one of the biggest flaws of of jrpgs is when they have to stop and explain tons of lore stuff to you uh, it always, it's never, it's just never fun. And it, fantasy, I guess in general can do this. And that's just kind of like bad exposition writing, right? You're in a new world and you need to get the download at some point, but with 16, with active time lore, they don't have to give you the download. They will reference things and they do it in such a way that as a new player, you aren't entirely lost. You go, okay, I don't know what kingdom they're talking about, but I can infer that we're at war with this other kingdom, right? Like you can pick up on the, on the little details right there and then you just press the button and boom. You got your info. All I was, right there. I was talking to, uh, you know, comparing this to Souls video games, comparing this to Dark Souls or Elden mm-hmm. Ring, um, and watching Pad most recently go through his, our friend Patrick Smith, uh, go through his One Bro series on YouTube, Patty Does One Bro, uh, and hearing him and Laura, his wife, like, go through huge moments of this game and going like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Why do I care? What are we doing? I don't have, I have any idea who these people are. Like, what's going on? And then I was talking to uh, Cole Ross, uh, another mutual friend that uh, does the Dark Souls podcast, the Dark Souls podcast, Bonfire yeah. Side Chat, and kind of telling him, like, I just, like, that my desire to replay Elden Ring or to reach out for those, like, extra bits of, of content, like I used to, like, watch lore channels and things like that for Elden Ring, I just don't care. Like, I just find myself yeah. just, like, completely just ambivalent towards it all. Uh, and I feel like 
something like Elden Ring, as much as it's an antithesis of what the Souls games originally did, which was like obscure its story, so you had to dig out those details. I feel like I'm I've I have flipped. I feel like now I am on this side of this thing where I want to hit the button <laughs> and be able to just have information about the characters and what they're doing and where they are, um, because that I think it's just a more immediate reaction. Like I can understand what the fuck is going mm-hmm. on, and there's room for both. Don't get me wrong. I just the the idea that you can just hit the button and then get every single bit of information you want to about what's happening is just very very appealing to me and then they called it yeah. active time lore which is maybe the best thing ever just, so. yeah i hope hopefully more games will use this and it's also just a huge benefit if you put the game down for two weeks and then you come back to it you're gonna be like okay well, what the hell was what are we doing yeah yeah what's and, happening and there's been plenty and then of you games can just that, hit that at every cutscene, and you're good yeah and there's been a bunch of games that like do that load screen kind of thing that i've always thought was very mm. clever of like I think The Witcher was the first one I started doing this, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, where, it's like, you would load into the game after not playing it for a little bit, and it would be like, Geralt has solved the blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> like, he has taken down the wyvern and, and had sex with four ladies. <laughs> or yeah. something. Like, he would kind of explain what you've been there doing. Was, there was one section of The Witcher 3 that I, I, I stalled out on for probably 20 hours doing side quests. So for those 20 hours, every time I loaded up the game, it was giving me the same rundown over and over and over again. And you can skip it, of course, but I would hear the first, like, two seconds of it every time would drive me nuts but it's a very helpful feature the uh the other thing i want to mention to you um and this is kind of dating the podcast at a very specific date at this point but uh on, on the day we're recording this you've seen the stuff about the uh submarine that has been missing yeah yeah do, do you know anything about this yeah, they're down there controlling it with a knockoff PS5 controller. <laughs> it's just, it's not, dude. It's so much worse. It's a PS, it's a knockoff PS3 controller. Oh um, no! It's a and Logitech. I've, it's a Logitech F710. PS3 controllers. Dude, it is a Logitech F710. Somebody on the internet like looked it up. It is, it's amazing. It is so fantastic that this thing exists and that they're controlling it. And I just, somebody in a in a Discord, uh, in the carrying wayward Discord actually. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I posted a picture of it because it was we were talking about it. I was like, I just can't believe they're controlling this thing with this. And like somebody was like, oh yeah, this is the little sibling controller. This is what you yeah. give to your little brother yeah. to make him think that he's pretending to be playing. Uh, and it's like, I can't believe they're controlling the submarine with this thing. It's like, well, they probably weren't controlling it. I think that's probably the issue is you were using a knockoff PS3 controller to control your submarine. Incredible energy, dude. Incredible. Not to lack empathy, but... Uh, okay, do you want to talk about hunks for the first time in yeah, a while? otherwise I'll start talking about Final Fantasy support. joker laugh what's going on with me what's got uh, into me you got the juice you got the you got the mot dub juice i got the juice dude 